Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me Father Joe Rampino from the Diocese of Arlington. Father Joe, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And today we are going to talk, uh, we haven't quite figured out how yet, <laughs> but we're going to talk about the greatest poet in the history of the world, basically. Uh, Virgil. I think it's a... No, not Virgil. I mean, Dante would probably agree with that. But, uh, although, I don't know about that. Dante no, he was not. kind of full of himself. No, uh, Dante so was a big fan of himself. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Dante. We're going to talk about the Divine Comedy, um, which is Dante's great masterwork. Uh, yeah, Dante thought he was writing with the finger of God, uh, and uh, he was basically writing the Third Testament, and he said in a letter to his patron, Congrande, that, um, that one ought to read the Divine Comedy with the fourfold patristic exegesis that oh one reads gosh. the scripture with. Yeah. That's not surprising. So, uh, there's another podcast about that. We've already done one on, on fourfold patristic exegesis. That's what you were going to say so, on Dante's ego. <laughs> no, not about that. <laughs> so why, why? I mean, although we're kind of mocking him right now, why is Dante so amazing? Dante is so amazing because uh, unlike, well, he does what every poet strives to do. Okay, we'll put it this way. He does what every poet ought to strive to do, which is he trains the mind uh, on the things that are eternal and he trains the mind on eternal things in a way that the heart desires them wildly. Um, yeah, that is, that is, that should be the goal of, of, I would imagine every poet is to present things as they really are and to present them uh, in such a way that we're, uh, that we're spurred on to desire the good uh, with everything that we have. Like a good poet should make you really, really long for heaven. Uh, and Dante does that perhaps uniquely well. What do you think? Yeah. Sound accurate? No, that does sound accurate. There's, there, I'm looking. I'm trying to look up a quote right now, and I, I'm going to have to botch it from memory. But so, um, G.K. Chesterton has this awesome line about poetry, and he says, um, "Oh gosh," uh, he says, "You know, back in the day, uh, uh, the Ptolemaic astronomers made us think that the stars went around the world, and then after that, the Copernican astronomers made us think that the." Um, uh, that the sun, that we go, the earth goes around the sun, but the poet's job is to make us never forget the beauty of the stars or something like that, or the mystery <laughs> of the stars. And it's, it's it true. Like, like so po yeah, it does. So poetry is, poetry in itself is so essential to us because it, it, it helps us to understand and, and go deeply into the things that are true in a way that is beautiful. And that beauty is just, no exquisite and 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 intellectually stimulating and and something that, that that causes you there's a reason why love uh lovers begin writing poetry spontaneously right. because it, it it's right. the only way to express and to express these deep concepts in our hearts that we can't possibly express in mere prose we need to we need to to sing it almost yeah. poetry and, and music and so, exist for the same reason exactly and so dante is doing the same thing and he obviously wants to be the best poet ever. He, he says so himself. Uh, and so he is going to talk about the most important things. And, and, and those are hell, purgatory, and heaven. Yep. And, 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 and take us on a journey through them. So maybe you could give us a little bit, a, a, a thumbnail sketch of the plot of so, um, the Divine Comedy. So the idea of the Divine Comedy, uh, Dante plays himself, as it were. Uh, so he, uh, in, in a sort of a... I don't know if I want to call it a rapture or a vision. He gets lost in a forest mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, is trying to make his way uh, 
upwards towards uh, the things that are good and is blocked uh, in the beginning uh, by by several beasts and ends up getting taken in by none other than the great Virgil, the incredible uh, Latin poet of the age of the Emperor Augustus. Mm-hmm. And Virgil serves as his guide through uh, all of the various levels of hell and up through the various levels of purgatory, trying to convey Dante uh, safely into the care of uh, Beatrice, uh, who will is a, a, a lady of heaven, uh, who will conduct him uh, into uh, the presence of God. And Dante, uh, through the course of the poem, gets this um, detailed view at uh, what the human soul looks like when it ends up in any any place w- uh, within hell, purgatory, or heaven. You know, hell has mm. many different layers, all corresponding to gravity of sin and different types of sins. You get a real anatomy of of evil uh you also get uh he goes up through all of the various stages of purification through purgatory and then uh has this uh this experience and vision of the the various spheres of heaven and the saints placed uh there for various reasons Uh, so you get this uh really broad view of the human soul from its very worst to its very best and everything that goes on in between uh, and what it means to uh, respond to grace, really more than anything. What it, what does it mean to respond yeah. to the love that moves the sun on other stars? Um, yeah, yeah, which is the last line in the poem. Right. But, uh, spoiler. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God is yeah. God's there at the end. That's the big last scene. Yeah. Well, so you know, it's so on one sense, it's this story of him walking with Virgil and going through, the, seeing these different monsters and all the all the people that Dante really didn't like that he put into <laughs> hell in different places right. and stuff like that. But on, on a deeper level, it's it's a description of the drama of our own souls and mm-hmm. our own uh, coming to know God. And, you know, Virgil in that case represents reason and reason can get us so far. And then uh, Beatrice represents grace, uh, char- charity or, or grace or divine wisdom who, who takes us beyond reason's uh, doubt and gets us into to heaven. It's also a, a huge description of of his view of, of what the church was going through and the empire and all the different aspects of 13th century Italian politics and, um, great and, fun. and, and yeah. yeah, exactly. And the church's role in sanctifying the world and, and all these other different aspects. And, uh, there's just so much there. And, and one of the things I think I, I like the most is there's two different Dante's in, in the divine comedy. There's the narrator, Dante, Dante, the poet, and he's describing things going forward. And, and, but then there's Dante the Pilgrim, who represents everyone. He's, he's the everyman. Uh, in fact, his name is not mentioned until the very end of the Purgatorio, uh, as if, you know, we are all going on this same journey. And then it's only through going through hell and then up through Purgatory that we can reach heaven. Uh, and, and we see him grow. Uh, we see Virgil guide him and with this great tenderness and love. We see the Pilgrim grow in his understanding of what it means to sin and why sin is so horrible and and what grace means and so there's just so much there it's 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 one of these magnum opuses that that you can't quite describe and you can't quite uh you know do justice to in one reading there's there's a great line by t.s Eliot where he says uh dante and shakespeare divide the world in two there is no third like that's that's how great that's how great he is I would put Virgil up there too, but I'm a big fan of the Aeneid. What can I say? Um, okay. <laughs> when you when you study enough Latin, 
it's impossible to avoid being marked by Virgil forever. But Dante and Shakespeare <laughs> makes sense. Well, the the thing that I love about uh, uh, that I love most about uh, the Divine Comedy, um, and and again, this applies to all good poetry, is is that it, it mirrors the the structure of a good hymn, right? Mm. A good hymn uh, that the last verses are always devoted to uh, the contemplation of the the joys of heaven right? Mm. Uh, the last verse of any good Catholic hymn is always a doxology. It's always, you know, a, some form of a glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the best hymns you find uh, focus us in that last verse or two on um, on that desire to, to enter the kingdom of heaven. You go through your theme for a while, whether you're, you know, the hymn is meditating on the nativity of the Lord or on sin or whatever it is. Uh, but the end always points us to heaven. Uh, the end always points us to heaven, and that's a sign of a good hymn. And what it does is, is, is if you're really singing well, and if you're really paying attention to, you know, any of these, uh, any 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 good hymn, um, it should uh, the the way they describe it um, is uh, the the heart should be uh, moving within you like a living thing that's been buried, um, which is kind of a lurid way to describe it. Chesterton describes it that mm. way a bunch of times. Um, but that's actually uh, uh, a very common medieval description of this sensation of of singing the praise of God or being led poetically to contemplate um, where we ought to be headed. Uh, and the Divine Comedy does that in, in the best possible way, uh, you know, a symphony compared to a hymn. Um, but it really does end with um, stirring up in the reader this intense desire for heaven and for the things of God. And again, I think that's where good art leads you. Good art leads yeah. you to see things as they are and to want the source of all that is good and true and beautiful. Uh, and that's the whole reason we have this prelude of hell and purgatory is to, to train us uh, to, to reject what is evil and to clear the space possible for the desiring of good. Right. Mm. There's a reason you don't just start with Purgatorio. There's a reason that it's not quite so beautiful until you've gone through uh, the first books. Um, yeah. Kind of like how um, I really, really hate, pardon me, I really, really hate it when people uh, sing the uh, the Ode to Joy without the rest of the Ninth Symphony of Beethoven. Or when you <laughs> sing just the Hallelujah Chorus without the rest of the Messiah. Because it doesn't mean anything. Like you take uh, beauty out of context and it doesn't quite doesn't quite fit if you've not been purified prior to receiving this if you've not been prepared prior to receiving the revelation as it were uh, it just doesn't hit the way it ought um, Dante knows this and that's why you don't start right at the end with just talking about how wonderful God is is you have to go through everything that is not him so you can reject it progressively and cultivate within yourself that desire for that which is real in the face of all these things which have not been real because that's the, part, the 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 way our life works too. Yeah, um, we know it's it, it's interesting. You you talk about that like as if God is the the last scene, but the of course the the beauty of this poem is that God is so present even in hell. Yeah, uh, for in sure. the sense that like each of these people is talking about you know how they sinned and how they got to where they are, and you can see in their stories. Uh, the experience of grace and they're rejecting it in some cases in other cases they're putting it off and sure. and that's why they're in, they're in purgatory for so long but and then in other cases they just praise god and his grace because they let him through but there's this reality of it, it's one of these books that you can read and i've read several times and, and every time i get something different because 
and something new out of it because it's 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 reflecting on and presenting a much deeper reality, a deeper truth, mm. which is so multifaceted that it can't possibly be done justice in one <laughs> in one uh, short podcast. One <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's why that's why it's such beautiful art because mm-hmm. art art even goes beyond the artist's uh, intentions and thoughts because it, it's touching on something real, right. really real, uh, which is uh, truth and being itself, and that's what Dante is doing in the Divine Comedy. In, in sometimes grotesque ways and sometimes beautiful ways, he's touching on the real human condition and God's grace acting in the real human condition and the sorrows and the joys. And, and when, we, when we encounter that through these random vignettes of you know, people being pushed around by devils or people who are uh, being crushed by pride and purgatory or other people you know, rejoicing in heaven, we're, we're seeing what it means to be a human being and, and how to live our lives uh, according to God's grace and, and to bring us to joy. Yeah. And the, the, the <laughs> other thing you said, not sure yeah, what exactly, to add to yes. that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> the other thing that's, that's cool. I mean, there's lots of little cool things, but um, you said every, every, uh, every hymn ending with the praise of God. Well, you know, every canto, not every canto, every book in the divine comedy, there's the three books, right. uh, uh, Inferno, Purgatorio and Paradiso. Each one ends with the word star. Mm. Um, and it always brings us back. Even when he's climbed out of the pit of hell, he says, and now I can see the stars. And, right. and then at the end of Purgatorio, now I'm going to the stars. And then he's seen the love that moves the stars. And um, it's it's showing where where it's all leading. And, and it's leading towards towards the divine. Well, it's, it's, um, it's exactly like the motion of the spiritual life is the fact that, that grace is always present to each of us constantly because God is eternal and unchanging. He's not more present to us in one moment than another. Mm-hmm. Um, but it requires a long time for us to be able to actually receive that and open our eyes. So you have on the one hand, God's constancy and on the other, our contingency and our, our not only capacity for growth, but our need for growth in order to um, receive the, the love that, that the Lord has, which is itself unchanging or the love, which the Lord is, uh, if you want to really get at it. Um, But it mirrors, uh, it mirrors just the nature of reality in that way. Now, um, two two quick notes before we finish. What translation are you reading? Uh, not the good one. The good one is the Esalen one. I've read that one before, and that one's fantastic. Um, okay. The one I am reading uh, is the older one. It's from when? Gosh. Mid-1700s? Oh, okay. I'm trying gotcha, to remember gotcha. this. It's an old one. It's an old translation. Uh, the Esalen one for anybody listening is is the right one. <laughs> read that one, please. Well, I, I, I haven't actually I haven't actually read the Esalen one. I I like both the the Musa uh, or Musa and the Chiardi translations, and they have fantastic footnotes, especially Musa. It's um footnotes it's go a long peng- way with the with the yeah. The, it's the Penguin Penguin Classics one. Uh, I also have a copy of the Longfellow one, but I haven't read that one straight through. That's the first American translation, mm, which okay. is really good. The other cool note is the um. Marco Frassina, who is the director or was the director of the Lateran Choir in Rome, mm. he wrote an opera, La Divina Commedia, l'opera, um, of the Divine Comedy, and it is spectacular. Okay. Absolutely spectacular. Modern opera being spectacular. It is. It's fantastic. They have in hell. There's these electric guitars, and it just is oh, demonic. And, and and you're an electric guitar player. I am. Rip, and of course, you would take a but dig at is, my instrument being. Uh... A tool of it, the it's, devil. It's perfect. It's so good. And then they, <laughs> they, the heaven and and um, 
purgatory. Purgatory is all lots of Gregorian chants. Sure. And then we get to heaven. It's a it's a lot of polyphony and stuff like that. So it's really. Let's check really that out. When did he write that? Uh, that came out back in like 2006. I want to really? say that's when I first listened. I to gotta it. check it was, that out. Sweet. Yeah. So um, there we go. I guess it's a that's a very brief treatment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not, of, not nearly work. enough time of the greatest uh, poem ever written, the Divine Comedy. Uh, so definitely go check it out uh, if you get a chance it's a great thing to read during Lent it's a great thing to read any time of the year um, and thank you Father Rampino uh, for joining us and thank you everyone sure. for listening if you'd like to find other great Catholic talks you can find us at CatholicBitesPodcast.com or you can tweet at us at CatholicBites on Twitter thank you and God bless you